0: Everybody, grab your bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord of the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This
1: Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture. This episode in particular is really special to me at least, because we're talking about one of my most favorite books. It definitely is my favorite letter that Paul has written, and it is actually Paul's last letter that he wrote, and he wrote it to Timothy. And my mom and I just talk about how special that is and how there's just so much in this letter, and there's so many just great truths that my mom and I dive into in this episode. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I do, because I honestly could talk about 2 Timothy for days. But we are so glad that
0: you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. I fought the good fight, Kara. I've kept the faith. You know, I think so often. You think that you fought the good fight? I, I'm fighting it, babe. I am fighting it. I'm fighting the good fight and the faith and everything else. Good um, job. I love, I love Second Timothy. And I love 1st Timothy. 1st Timothy is very important. It Talks a lot about church discipline and how to run a church. I do
1: I like I like 2nd Timothy a lot. It is one of my favorites as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot of good stuff in it, which fun fact, I know you know this, but for mm-hmm. listeners joining in, um 2nd Timothy is Paul's last writing. Yeah. He wrote it to Timothy and we actually visited the prison in Rome
0: mm-hmm. where
1: Paul wrote this letter, mm-hmm. which we actually we can share that on social media. Yeah, because I do think that is—I don't know—I
0: think it's cool. Well, it's very small prison. You, you know, yeah, it's, it's dark. Like it's a like a hole. dungeon. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: I do want to ask you though. Tell me some things about Timothy. And then as her and me may- and or just like Timothy and Paul's relationship, like Timothy was kind of like Paul's protege.
0: Mm-hmm. He called him the son of of his faith, or you know, the child of his faith. He was the father of him, um, Wait, Timothy. Who was the father of him? Paul. He used oh, not the actual father, like a f- no, spiritual no. father. Yeah, yeah, right. And I, I think Timothy's grandmother uh, really was a very strong spiritual leader and. Timothy's life. And um, so, anyway, it is Paul talks to, to Timothy. And, and yeah, well, um, I just was curious because I think, I mean, that makes a bit, he's writing a
1: letter to him. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> up until this point, we have just been going through letters that Paul has written to churches. Right. So, this is a little bit of a different direction where he is writing a letter to a person. And then not only yeah. a person, but someone that he has kind of taken under his wing and mentored.
0: Absolutely. He became actually Timothy came became a believer after Paul's first missionary journey and joined him on his other two journeys. So interesting.
1: So they probably they did a
0: lot of life together. Right. But I think that what really amazes me and I don't know too many people could say this and I don't think I could say this, but Paul said to Timothy, you watch what I do, you you know, look and see how I respond, how I live this life you know as a believer as a follower of the way and as a as a christian and then you imitate me you do what i do can you even imagine just telling someone now, now you watch everything i do and how i respond and and you do what i do is that just because paul was so confident in how he lived for the lord when you think about what is a disciple it is a person that le- learns under a teacher um, and so, literally, Timothy was like Paul's disciple. Well, and Paul probably
1: like referred to himself as a disciple. Of, well, not probably he's as a disciple of Jesus,
0: right? And you know, and again, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's well, who we're learning from. And obviously, Jesus, you know, is the greatest teacher, and and that's who we that's the ultimate uh, teacher, and that's who we we learn from. We call ourselves follower of Jesus, but actually we should be called the disciples of Jesus. But it would be very confusing because everybody thinks about the twelve disciples that you know that follow mm-hmm. Jesus. But a disciple is someone that is a learning, that's somebody that's learning and and they're learning from. Uh, The person that is discipling them, which for us, as you're studying the scripture and you believe that scripture is God's word, and you're knowing that God's talking to you and he's telling you how to live and how to think and how to, you know, glorify him and what makes him happy and what's how to know God's will for our lives. So he's teaching us, and it's called spiritual formation, but he's teaching us how to grow you know, in our faith, how to grow as a believer, you know, all these things. And, and like, you know, we talk about so much, like we've been set free. And that when Jesus died on the cross, He set us free from the power of sin. But we also know by experience about life, we don't always live as if we're free. Right. So this disciple and what, what Scripture teaches us and what we're learning from Jesus is how to live out— the truth that we have been free. And so those are kind of things like when Paul would talk about renewing your mind, or he'd talk about praise, or he'd talk about, you know, how to uh, forgive other people. Those are things that we do not to be set free, because Jesus set us free, but those are things that we do to live out the freedom that we have. Would you say that that is the, when Paul writes, like walking in the manner
1: of your calling— Would that Mm -hmm. be? Is that that's basically what that means? Yeah. Yes, it means represent the king well. Right. It's not your calling, like your you know vocation or anything like that. It's the calling of what Jesus has done for you. Like you are free, you are forgiven. So forgive. It's like Mm -hmm. walk. It's that kind of walking in the manner of what God Jesus has called. Right.
0: I think you've been called to Jesus because you know Jesus said, "Come unto me," and so so we've been called to Him. And so when he's saying, you know, walk in a manner worthy of your calling, I think he's saying walk in such a way that others will know that you are in a relationship with God, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I think that's walking in a manner worthy of your calling, meaning that Jesus, who who makes us worthy, who Jesus who gives us our life, you know, we are worth. Our worth is because we're a child of God. And so, you know, I think you could interpreted, I think you could use that as uh, walk in a manner worthy of your calling, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. So you could kind of do that. That's not not true. Right. Right. But But I think think there's another way of looking at it to know is that Jesus called. So ultimately, that's probably what Paul was saying. Paul was so,
1: and not like he was like in a cocky, prideful way, but he was so intent. On walking in a manner worthy of his calling, that he was like, Hey, Timothy, like follow my lead because Paul was following Jesus's lead.
0: Yeah, but you know what Paul was so passionate about? Paul was so passionate about others knowing that Jesus was the Messiah and that Jesus was God. So he was passionate about that truth being known and to draw people in to that awareness that Jesus died, you know, for our sins. He says, I preach nothing but Jesus crucified. So mm-hmm. that was such a big thing to him. And because of what Jesus had done and because of his willingness to go to the cross for us, and Paul felt, you know, definitely, we see it in Timothy when he starts talking about, I was a persecutor of the church. That was in First Timothy. And he says, you know, I'm the chief of all sinners. So Paul kind of kept in a, an awareness of, Where it come Mm -hmm. from. You know, you've heard me say so many times, you know, I don't want to live under condemnation, but I don't want to ever forget what God's done either. Right. Well, and I've shared that on this
1: before. It's been a while, but with my past and what I've been through in abusive relationships, Mm -hmm. like, I... Remember so many times praying that God would remove those memories, Mm -hmm. but keep enough memories so that I never forget what you've rescued me from. And he, I mean, it's been six, seven years, and he 100% has answered that, where it's like, I couldn't tell you details of things that were spoken over me or said to me or whatever, but I never forgot what God has rescued me Mm -hmm. from. So it's that same kind of principle of, you know, with Paul always remembering.
0: Yeah, we also talk about living life from a wound or a scar. And I think what we're saying is that we're looking at life through our scars and not the wounds. And we're so close to us, or we're so tender, you know, it's so recent that we haven't been able to walk through those memories or walk through those uh, hurts so that we can kind of see that no matter what's happened to us, there's always a God that's loved us and he's always been there for us. And his grace and His mercy and His forgiveness begins to, you know, flood over those wounds like, mm-hmm. you know, soothing uh, medicine right. that starts to heal. And then when you start to heal, you know that you've been hurt, but it doesn't hurt. You just know you've been hurt. Right? I just right. always find it so fascinating. I know we've talked about this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when we get to Revelation. But I've just been so fascinated that Jesus kept His scars. And you know, when he came back, and they're like, it must be a ghost. It must be the gardener. He's like, look at my hands. No, Mm -hmm. this is Jesus. And I've often thought, why did Jesus keep the scars? And I think it's just always a reminder that he loved us, not that he would forget, but it is a physical reminder, obviously, to the disciples hey, I am Jesus. So the body hasn't been stolen. I haven't come back Mm -hmm. to somebody else and pretend. But also, I just think it's just a reminder of His love for us, mm-hmm. and it certainly is a reminder for us that He loved us. But you know, right. I just I just found that really fascinating It is kind of cool to think
1: about, and again, I know we're like jumping ahead, but it is kind of th- cool to think about when we see Jesus, we will see His scars. Like that mm-hmm. is such a wild thought, and I yeah. love it. Like it, it hits deep. It it like makes me like feel like love for Him.
0: Yeah, listen, oh, this is so—I just thought of this. This is kind of exciting. Hang on. It's, I, I hope it doesn't leave me. Okay, so, you know, you are saying when we see Jesus— and, of course, Paul was about to because he said, you know, I fought the good fight, and he literally dies right after that. But when we do see Jesus and we see him and we see his scars, you know, yes, we're reminded of— you know, of course, then we won't really need to be reminded because we'll know because we'll be in heaven. But what if— but what if we looked at our scars like that? What if we looked at the things that have happened to us that, as you look at it, I mean, you know, we said it a thousand times, not all things are good, but God works through all those things. What if we looked at our scars and some of the most painful things that we've gone through and we see God's love in that? Mm-hmm. I think I should write something on this anyway, I just think that's just a good I, mean, I, I, I this is i mean literally just came to my mind when you were saying this, but I was just thinking, you know if we were to look at our scars and the things that have heard from us and we could see God in that mist and we could and, you know it's kind of people kind of talk about that in inner healing about mm-hmm. you know God's always there, but you know when we look at that that we can say that no matter that. Kind of like what Joseph would say, you meant it for bad, but Mm -hmm. God meant it for good. But Mm -hmm. we can always look back, no matter what it is, we can see God's hand. I remember, you know, I've talked about this so many times, about when my dad died, and we didn't know that he had cancer, and he had it for one month before he went to see Jesus. But I can look back in that one month, the fact that he died in Atlanta— and and wasn't in Chattanooga, the fact that I could go. We, we left the hospital in the middle of the night because mm-hmm. he was so scared because he thought that the doctors were not going to give him the treatment that he wanted, that he mm-hmm. should have. It. Anyway, it, it's just—I'm not going to go into it, but it was just miracle after miracle of that. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't see God in that. Mm-hmm. All I could see was that my dad had died, and I had asked mm-hmm. God to the not— pain. To, yeah, right. and I would asked God to heal him. And I just think, you know— You know, it would help our healing. It would help our wounds a lot if we were to just look at that and ask God to show you, where were you there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've prayed that before. I mean,
1: in that situation, I just—because I dealt with that. I didn't see God in it for so long. I mean, I saw that He rescued me, but I didn't Mm see— The why of why he allowed all of that to happen, which, and I still don't fully know why on this side of heaven, yeah. but I, that was a prayer I prayed and he answered it. I mean, I'm not gonna get into the whole story. It's like a whole thing, but I a hundred percent see him in that whole, that whole situation oh, and it you. brought so, well, no, I always saw the rescue. I'm saying when I was in it, like before mm-hmm. the rescue, like, why did you lead me in? He led me into that situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anyway, he. The point being of like it was a couple years. It took a couple years, and he he did answer that where he finally mm-hmm. showed me that he was he was there the whole time, which is and it was deeper than that. It was it.
0: Of course, but and, yeah, and I don't um, think and I don't think we can look at every abusive relationship and say, "Well, God led me there." But no, that that hundred percent was my situation. Yes, but um, I, I which, do feel like we can see God in everything because yeah. He is. I do think
1: the thing going back to 2nd Timothy
0: mm. is
1: one of the, the reasons why I do which there cuz there's so much good stuff in it but like we're yeah. we've mentioned it is his last letter Paul's last letter mm. and I feel like if he and he knew that he knew mm. yeah he was about to die he knew this, these are literally my last words mm-hmm. and I don't like get emotional or anything like that, but every time I read Second Timothy, it just does something in my heart and spirit to think mm-hmm. of like everything that he fought, everything that he went through, every chain, every beating, every prison cell, everything. And here he is, he knows this is it. And he writes this letter to his disciple, like what he says. I just feel like it had, in my opinion, I feel like it might be his most important letter because. In my, literally, and this is my opinion. I'm not a theologian, but in mm-hmm. terms of like how I look at it, because of if this is, it's kind of you're on your deathbed mm-hmm. and what, what do you want to say, you know, to your kids kind of thing. And so I feel like the words, I just love the words in this letter so much. And I wouldn't, inc- mm-hmm. I mean, I would say even for anyone who's listening, if you've read or not read Second Timothy, going back and reading it with that perspective of like, mm-hmm. he is sitting in this dark cave of a prison cell. Writing to someone that he loves like a son, with this passion for Jesus that mm-hmm. he never left since Damascus. I mean, it's just an amazing journey. You know, when
0: I read it, Kara, I think about, and I I, when I read it, I think about. And I don't know what Paul looked like, but I don't think he was very good looking based on some things <laughs> yeah, Scripture right. says. But anyway, but he he you was no David talking. No, he wasn't, and he was talking <laughs> to Timothy, and I feel like he's. I feel I could—you can see, feel the passion when you think about that being last. Yeah, like, I think that's what you can read. Yes. Yeah, you can, can listen to me. Yeah, yes. listen to and me. And I remember
1: mm-hmm. many years ago telling you, like, as a writer, um, the reader—like, if you mm-hmm. write with tears, the reader will read with tears. Mm-hmm. And I, I sense that with this writing with yeah. from Paul of, like, I don't know if he was crying, but I, I just think you can feel that emotion. You can feel mm-hmm. the— the passion, the heartbreak, but also the hope and the just all of it. I mean, I just love it so much. You
0: know, I think of him as saying this to to, um, to Timothy, Hey Timothy, I'm going to die. Like this is, you know, I've know I've been in prison for a long time. Yeah, this is the first time it's I've been bet, behind yeah. bars. Yeah, right. But. And I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten, but I know that this is it. This is, and I've fought the good fight, and I've kept the faith. And so, Timothy you need to remember this. You need to remember that you can die and you can look back over your life mm-hmm. and you will want to be able to say, I have fought the good fight and I've kept mm-hmm. the faith. And so it's keeping right. a, an eternal perspective, but there's so much more in this because not only is he saying, giving him an encouragement about how to die and like, you know, you want to die with you know, keeping the faith. And you want to die with knowing that you've done everything you can to fight for the truth of God's Word. Mm -hmm. And you want to know that you were being obedient and did what God's told you to do. But He's also saying to Him, but I do want you to be very careful because I want you to be very careful about the gospel and keeping true to the Mm -hmm. gospel. Be careful about um, people coming in and trying to distort the truth, and I just think you know right. when Paul is dying, he is thinking of a Timothy, and he is thinking about I'm gonna I'm gonna get this reward because that's what he says. why I was mm-hmm. reading like I know that there's a crown for me. So he's thinking with an eternal perspective that everything is right. gonna be worth it. This is gonna right. be worth that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like you can hear mm-hmm. the the
1: pain, but you can hear mm-hmm. the hope behind oh, his words. Yeah. Also, I mean, even like Second Timothy one verse four, I mean, he says, as I remember your tears, talking to Timothy, mm-hmm. I long to see you that I may be yeah. filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwell first in your grandmother. And then he goes on, but like those words alone, like, I mean, yeah. he had, it just like, I don't know. It just like moves my spirit because it, I feel like it humanizes Paul a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. I think we, we read these stories so much and the people in the Bible so much that at least for me, sometimes it's hard Or it's easy to forget that the humanness of them. You know, Mm -hmm. we just see these letters on a page. Great
0: theologian,
1: yeah. But like, just thinking of like this Timothy Mm -hmm. crying. He's probably crying in this. You know, like and how like I long to see you that I might be filled with joy. You know, like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, poor guy. I mean, it's just showing a
0: lot of love to Timothy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Timothy didn't have a father, and Mm -hmm. here's his father is kind. His father's dying, Mm -hmm. and he's you know pretty much. Expressing his love for Timothy and and his love for the Lord, but he was he was giving Timothy a lot of uh, wisdom mm-hmm. on how to die. And know that you know Timothy, don't you know don't weep for me because I've fought the good fight. I've I've done I've done what God's called me to do, and yeah. I'm going to get my reward. But I think that he also ironically talks about forgiveness, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, at my worst time, nobody stood with me. Well, that's what I was going to point out is. So th-
1: when I was reading this today, to preparing for us to talk about mm-hmm. it, that's one of my f- favorite. I mean, there, I have so many favorite parts in Second Timothy, even though it's such a short book. But yeah, he says, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. Mm-hmm. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Like mm-hmm. that's just so powerful, and just and like, that is at
0: the end. I mean, yeah, that's like that's like almost at the very at the end, of the end, end of the letter. Mm-hmm. Well, and
1: the thing that I saw today that I had never seen before in that is with Paul saying, "You know, they all deserted me. No one mm-hmm. came and stood next to me. May it not be charged against them." It reminds me of Stephen, mm-hmm. who that is the that's where we first mm-hmm. we first hear about Paul before mm-hmm. he's even saved. Stephen crying out why he's being stoned, about to die. He yeah. cries out, looks up to Jesus, looks up to heaven, sees Jesus standing in the right hand of the Father, and says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And you know, it look, sounds like Stephen taught Paul how to die. That's what I'm even saying. Even though like, he I, was not a I believer. never mm-hmm. saw that parallel until today mm-hmm. when I was reading that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the same posture and heart as Stephen. Yeah. And the thing that's so crazy about that is, yeah, like Paul wasn't even a believer then.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And it's so good to see that and being able to think about, I don't know, I just, I feel like, you know, we could be, you know, disciples of hearing what Paul had him to say. We could be a Timothy's because we're listening to what Paul is saying. And of course, we know it's inspired word of God and we mm-hmm. know that God's speaking through Paul. But, you know, even with you and I, to be able to say, we could live like that. We could live today with that mentality. And, and I mean, you think about, you know, well, Stephen what if, and Paul, they were just human, but but to be able to say, I forgive them. I mean, we, yeah, you know, we said if, this before. What if we lived? Jesus said that.
1: Yeah, like what if we lived every day or every time someone offended us, you know, abandon us, whatever, and being like... Yeah, like acknowledging it. Forgiveness Mm -hmm. is not ignoring it didn't happen, or ignoring that it happened. But it's like, yeah, you hurt me, you betrayed me, or Mm -hmm. you wronged me, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But may that it not be charged against you. And that's and that truly is forgiveness. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's a hard place to be at, but it's beautiful because that's what the Lord did. Lord's like you deserved hell, but. I'm going to stand in, stand
0: in the gap so that it true. won't be charged against you. And I, I forgave you, therefore you forgive other people. And I think Paul had so much of the cross and the gospel and Jesus dying in his life. It was his whole life. I mean, that was— Well, yeah, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into His heavenly kingdom. I mean, that is so beautiful. It really is, and we should put it probably on every mirror we have and— all the walls and walk around with it with yeah because
1: the, there's something about even
0: just the wording of and he
1: will bring mm-hmm. me safely into his heavenly kingdom you mm-hmm. know like it's not anyway as you can tell i, I just like meeting this up. i know I, just, I mean
0: and i'm tearing up just thinking about it because i know I'm like it's just so powerful how to live and how to die and how that's exactly what Paul's saying and you know we get so caught up in the first and second timothy and titus because they're called the pastoral letters. And we get caught up in the doctrine and, and
1: they're all how great, do we of deal with the elders yeah.
0: and how do we deal with the deacons and all those are good things. But I think you were saying that you thought this was one of Paul's um, I mean it's my hundred letters, of my opinion. but I, yeah. But I do feel like it is probably Paul's letter that he expresses his heart the most. I think yeah, it, again, it's my opinion
1: what I think. I don't wouldn't proclaim this. Well, we're like not gonna a, teach it yeah. in the very <laughs> right. but. but in my opinion, I think it it to me it's his most important letter because of that. I just but,
0: yeah, think it's, it's more like showing the heart of Paul. I think and, and which is the certainly heart certainly he had in the yeah I mean his right. heart toward God, sorry, is the yeah. His love for the Lord and his he just never he never swayed. I, I say this all the time. He got he got saved. God rescued him and he never got over it. I think we get over it. And I think that well, that's something to really because be he challenged. Up,
1: so aware of what he was rescued from, and maybe I think we might have mentioned this before on here, but you know, maybe because he never forgot the faces of all of those that he persecuted. You know, when he's in these dark cells, like mm-hmm. maybe that was the thorn in his flesh. I don't know. Like, I think that's why is he he just never forgot what he. Either was rescued from, or capable of, or both, and I think because I don't, I think that's, Mm -hmm. I think we so easily can forget what we've been rescued from, so much, and not even rescued because, like, if it's a situation here on Earth, I just mean from living eternity in hell, you know, Mm -hmm. like that alone, because we don't, we, we, we don't. There's no way we can comprehend what hell is. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't, we can't fully, and I think that's in his grace where he's like, you don't know fully what you've Mm -hmm. been saved from. And that's why he has so much grace and compassion, or one of the reasons why he has so much grace and compassion for us. You know,
0: I think uh, Paul talks about Stephen, and you know, that was the turning point. He was there. That wasn't when he got saved, uh, because it was the, you know, on the way to Damascus at light. But the light in Stephen's face and to hear Stephen. You know, look up into heaven and say, "Forgive them." And we know that the scripture says that uh, Stephen saw Jesus standing up, and it it had to be this glory of God that surrounded Stephen. Right. I bet and it stuck with Paul. Of, like he didn't probably know mm-hmm. like what he just saw. What was going on? Yeah, mm-hmm. but he
1: was like, something just happened here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wonder if he always. I wonder if, from that moment up until Damascus, I wonder if there was these moments where he was like almost like questioning it. Like, is this actually, was, was he, he actually really the, the Messiah? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, God confirmed it. But, you know, right. I just feel like you know, what you were saying, like Paul had to remember, because he's human, he had to remember the smell of the Christians that were burning and that he was responsible for, and he had to remember the face of Stephen. Because he talks about it. He talks about being the chief of all sinners. He He tells his testimony. He did not get... Over it, he didn't act like he was just this super saint that we, right. you know, he just reminded himself that he was always a chief of among all the sinners, which is talking about in, in Timothy. But I think that the the key in li- in reading First and Second Timothy to me, and like you said, I like the the Second Timothy because it is um, the time when he's really it's this last letter. But I do feel like we do get a glimpse of why Paul lived. Mm -hmm. and how to die. And in the midst of that, Paul, at the beginning of it, expressed and understood about forgiveness. But when he was dying, he, in turn, wanted to encourage Timothy, Mm -hmm. don't hold this against him. And I think that he was saying, don't don't worry about me because I'm fine. I do think that. But I also think that he wanted to tell Timothy, Timothy, think it's not going to go well. If you walk around with bitterness and unforgiveness, it just mm-hmm. it doesn't go well. Right. And uh, and I think that he was telling Timothy how to live and how to die. Right? Don't you think that you know? I know you you have that letter from your dad telling you that mm-hmm. he
1: loves you. That mm-hmm. was the first mm-hmm. first and only time that he's told you that he loves you. And that's your you always say that if your house burns down, that's the one thing you're going to get. That's right. Don't you think that this letter, Timothy, probably felt that same way? Like. Don't you mm-hmm. think that he guarded that letter with mm-hmm. everything? I mean, I'm sure he did that with anything that Paul wrote him, but I'm just imagining if it were me, which is not, yeah. because I probably wouldn't have, you know, who knows how I would have lived back then. But I just imagine that this letter for Timothy was probably his most prized possession apart from, you mm-hmm. know, the gospel. But because of all the truth, you know, just thinking of like he- – he's clearly sad that Paul is leaving, and it's just mm-hmm. not just because it's from Paul, but just because of all of the so he won't forget
0: you know, like, oh yeah, what mm-hmm. did he tell me again?' <laughs> like, you know, it's funny because when Jesus was dying and he came back, you know they were concerned about that they'd be able to know what to say and he and Jesus told him, said, "I will bring to remembrance all the Holy Spirit will come and bring mm-hmm. remembrance to all that I've said to you, and I think as these gospel writers, the people, you know. Timothy and Jude and all that, I think they probably had Jesus in mind as they're writing it as the well, same. Did Timothy as write Timothy. a letter? Timothy did not write a letter. I'm sorry, oh. but but Jude and, and different oh, yeah, Peter, you know the, the the. But I think as what I was thinking about is this writing this letter as they're writing the letters and they're writing what Jesus said. They're reminded that this mm-hmm. was right before He died, or this is you know. Three Mm -hmm. years. He only lived three years. I mean, they only knew him for three years before he died. And so the same thing. And and you know, I've said this so many times about my dad's letter and how I compare it to. I've never literally heard Jesus say, "I love you," but when I read his letter, right? Yeah, when I read the letter and I read John three sixteen and I read, you know, for God so loved the world and me, they gave a sign. And those that's like me reading the letter that my dad said, "I loved you." Mm-hmm. And so, I think as these people that are writing, I'm sure that my dad, because he wasn't good at, wor- at words, and he says that in the letter, and he and it was on a tiny little piece of paper, and he hand, he couldn't even hand it to me physically. I mean, he just, you know, I'm walking out the door, he just, mm-hmm. you know, he was so uh, insecure of his writing and, and being able to express his love for me, which I found it strange, but it is what it is. But he hands it to me and stuff. But I just feel like as these writers, and as we're in the New Testament, and all the writers too, but they've had an encounter with God in the Old Testament. But I uh, feel like, you know, as we're reading this, they're knowing that Jesus has gone away. And now they're writing these letters, and they're reminded of the one, the teacher, Jesus, mm-hmm. and how much he loved them. And then Paul turns around and looks at Timothy as his teacher. And uh, talks about how much he loves them. I I don't know. It's just.
1: If you haven't read 2 Timothy, you got to go do it. I mean, 1 Timothy, I don't want to leave it out, but
0: (laughs) it's good stuff. It's good.
1: Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, Dot Bowen.com subscribe, like, and share with your friends. And we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.